0: From Sydney Opera House, welcome to It's a Long Story. This is a podcast exploring the stories behind the ideas, and I'm Emily Nickel.
1: There's just so many things that we can represent, but we can represent them all, and it's learning how to put that in this one bolt of light.
0: Growing up in the small community of Mimili in South Australia, Zachariah Fielding always knew he wanted to entertain. Moving to the city as a teenager, he quickly became a part of Adelaide's music scene before trying his hand on the reality TV show, The Voice. But it's in the duo Electric Fields where Zachariah has really begun to thrive. Crossing genres like soul, pop and electronica, the musical partnership with Michael Ross has led him to massive stages all around Australia and the world. And in 2017, they scored Best New Talent at the NEMA Awards. From intimate soulful odes to uplifting songs in Pichinjara language, electric fields have become an unmissable part of any lineup. Zachariah, welcome to the podcast. Let's go back to Before You Met Michael, where it all began. The APY lands in South Australia. What did you dream of growing up as a kid in Mimile? Growing up in Mimili, I always wanted to entertain. So
1: it was something in the entertainment business that I wanted to do. Back in my community, I just want to entertain everybody and just just make people happy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's something that I enjoy doing and I knew that was a, like a, a gift and it was a talent. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just play different characters or just act silly. I'm the oldest of nine and I would entertain all my siblings by doing really stupid things and um, I just knew that I wanted to entertain.
0: And so oldest of nine, wow. Mm-hmm. Did, was it a musical family? Did, were you guys always gathered around? I'm
1: not yeah. sure. Like… My brothers, they, they just got—they've got like they've got their—they're silent with their gifts. So it's really hard because like the oldest, I've always been—you know—the one that was got the went through the everything first. So they were always playing it. It was like a poker game, and they would never show their cards. But um, I felt they had in their hand was good (laughs) that's really interesting
0: yeah the siblings
1: are very interesting especially my ones they're very talented in their own right and in their own ways but um it's nice to like meet them and not just uh know that they're just siblings Mm. do you know what I mean like because they've got their they've developed their own character through time and Mm. um yeah, it's just interesting. I love my siblings. They really inspire me to inspire.
0: Were they supportive and your your parents? What, mm-hmm. what did they see you as as having that role? Um, now,
1: now, definitely now. Like I've got a very strong bond with my mother and my father. I've always been very close with my siblings, but um, parents they go through the whole parenting thing and like this is new to them and you as a child you're watching them grow as well but you will realize that later when you get older Mm -hmm. so um childhood was very creative with the siblings but it was very tough as well especially you know like in my community and just it's just um it was just interesting Mm -hmm. to look back at those things and I think that's what helps me today to um just be who I am and just try and live as truthful as I can with my
0: self. What was tough about it?
1: Oh, you know, you know black fella kids, they go, you know, especially I can't, I, I was brought up in a very um strict household. I had a very strict father and a very um womanly mother. Like, you know, she played the role as we were children to just let the men take control over everything but um mm. it was tough at the beginning me and my father and that is my best friend now have come a long way and we've worked it out but it, without the um the struggle in my early life i wouldn't be where i am now
0: you get that sense and we'll talk more about your your stage presence and uh-huh. your you know even your songs you can you can tell that there's something in there that you know has come from Struggle, mm. but it's ultimately uplifting yeah. and, and really positive. Yeah. What were you listening to? What kind of music were you um, surrounded by?
1: Uh, it was a lot of uh, the uh, rage. Me and my mum would watch Rage all the time every Saturday and every weekend mornings. It was beautiful. And just watching the countdowns and stuff, it was just, that was the type of music. And they were all songs that were in different genres and stuff, but I liked them all, so I wasn't, I'd never cocked my nose up at any of the um chart songs. But I kind of do now. Oh, you do? Well, yeah. are kinda
0: yeah. all the same. That's true. You're not <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, rage. You can say that rage was good. Was yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> rage rage shaped my um I think my music. The the, the oh, collection of music that I like.
0: It was huge in those days. I mm-hmm. mean, we grew up same, you know, watching it was more than just a song. It was mm-hmm. um a story. Yeah. And absolutely. you could really connect with the artist. Yeah. Um, Especially Desiree. You remember life?
1: Yes. Oh life. I remember <laughs> that. And I remember Deep Forest when Deep yeah. Forest was playing. All that Britney Spears and Destiny's Child and and it started growing and just you just you just it just lives in you forever.
0: Let's stay, you know, in, in, in that time in your home. Yeah. Um, because it is a unique landscape. Mm-hmm. Um does that place in the desert influence you? Um now that you've left and when did you decide to leave what what made you decide to to move from so home
1: in my community
0: once you hit a certain age
1: cuz like in our school uh you can only go to year 8 or 9 i'm not quite sure i can't remember but we had to leave if we wanted to further our education we had to go to adelaide and there was a there's a program designed for the land children to um travel over to Adelaide and sign up to the program wheelchair meaning shelter and that's where I made the sacrifice of the age of 15 or 14 to leave my community to go further out um my education in Adelaide mm-hmm. and um later on that the western world was so hard because we're very affectionate we just like to touch and you know like play with hair and just we're very um, touchy touchy people and um Western world is not touchy touchy like no, that, you know yeah. what I mean. So there, it, there was different. a lot to learn. There was a, there was a, there was body language, language in general, um, the premeditation way of thinking, and that that it's just it's a, just a different world. And I'm still mm-hmm. trying to get my head around it. Mm-hmm. And I've been I've left home almost four I don't want to say how long. I'm young, but like, it's scary. <laughs> Does it
0: feel like a long time ago? It feels
1: like a very, very long time ago. And it's just like, and it's so weird as well because from that time and now, I've lost a lot of, of my schoolmates, like a lot of people that, um, have passed away and I'm like this is too young yeah my age and I'm like who do I get to talk to about these things so like it's so hard to um talk like go back to my community and say hey look I've got this I've got that Mm. because no one will understand
0: you know you seem like someone that you know would love to travel and explore mm. and be adventurous in that way but then you have this really strong connection to home yeah so where are you sitting with that now are you happy just being where you are and creating
1: um I really do enjoy I have not been back home since April this year um back to my community it's just been gigging just lots of performances and it's I'm, I'm happy that I'm doing this and and we get to meet new people, and just it's just the, 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 it's just, un, I don't know. It just very, seems very unusual that we just keep getting these booking, boom, 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 boom. It's not unusual, but like it just feels unusual for my body and for my spirit because mm. I need to go back home.
0: So, a big part of, yeah, who you are and who you are in your mm. music. Well, I is, need it is, a, is home. Yeah. I need to be recharged.
1: My community does have to be a part of my, um, development as i'm developing
0: so what do you do first when you go home do you (gasps) eat something particular Uh, or
1: you know that it's just it just that trip in general just that whole 16 hours on the greyhound going back home you could feel it like pulling you in the pulling moment the pulling feeling first (laughs) (laughs) is beautiful (laughs) like going back on that sitting on that bus and just feeling memories flow through again and I just love the different, sh- the layers of my, um, my position back in my community.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it must be really hard when you are, you know, such a uh, tactile person and there is a lot of that close connection physically mm-hmm. to not have that when you're living away from, from country. That's mm-hmm. probably something that you shouldn't. Lose, I think. You know, spread that rather than. Yeah, that's right. And I try to
1: put it in my music as much as I can when we're because we're working with our new uh, our new product and the new record and stuff. And I try to keep everything. Now that I'm getting the vibe of using language and um, my memories and certain cultural styles of um, things, Mm. like it it will it will unfold once we. um, release the new stuff but um it's going to speak of positions on where you where we position like just the whole cultural statuses and stuff in my Mm. community Mm. who's who and the crossovers and the different skin lines and the different language groups and I'm looking forward to playing with those things as well just Mm. to share a, a bit of my culture to um uh our beautiful country Australia.
0: Yeah it's so important. When you went to the city how did you get involved in music? You didn't waste any time getting into that. What was what was the beginning of that? Oh my teacher Miss Kay
1: Shusnowski. I was humming one time and then well, well this was when I was getting the vibe of living in, um, in Adelaide and learning how to um, speak that Western way and just the whole Western culture. And um, my teacher heard me singing and then she was like, do you want to do a singing class? And I was like, oh, I would like to do like a, a music class. So I, she signed me up to go into the um, music s- subject. Uh, I forgot what it was. It was just a singing lesson. And my my singing teacher, Mrs. Ferreira, she was just teaching me. And then my first English song I performed was – um. Tracy Chapman talking about revolution, and mm. um, I started performing that a lot. And then I was singing at the assemblies, singing little random songs, and that they were teaching me. And I joined the choir, and then that's when I was warming up to becoming
0: a singer. Mm. So did you feel? I love being on stage. I like. Did you like the sound of your voice? Did someone... I, l-
1: I didn't really like the sound of my voice. Oh, well, when I I liked it before. I came to Western world. Well, I understand Western that Western way of thinking mm. and that stereotype world. Um, because I like the sound of it, yes. But then people were like, "Oh, you sound like a girl. You sound like rah rah rah. You're just very, I don't know about that. It sounds sharp and whatever." And then I was just very shy to sing, but I would sing for them. But I would like be very, I would cover it or you so know, you were holding want it. back, yeah, like that, and not really, um. Expressing the feeling of that song, even though I can express it, but it would sound not right to some people.
0: So was that all happening inside? Yeah, it was kind of all there, like, and you just had to let it. Yeah, Mm. I,
1: I did. Um, I was very cruel to my my music, my 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 um my creative self back then because I was like, you know, you gotta sound more man, or you know, you gotta sound like this, you gotta sound like that, but um. In the last two years, working with electric fields has opened a different door for me to um, embrace those things and to express myself as well in my, my vocal ability and my stage presence. Mm. So I'm owning everything that I've beaten myself down for. Yeah.
0: yeah now, you had a short stint on X Factor and you were also a finalist on the voice with crystal west mm-hmm. what was it about those reality tv shows that drew you in
1: well it was a hit you know it was a quick hit kind of thing you wanted you wanted to be known for something back for me anyways and um i went with x factor i went in that competition without thinking and i went in there without knowing who i was as a person and just going off by my pure humbleness, but also ego happening at the same time. Because I was like, oh, they're going to hear me sing. And when I sing, they're going to like it. And then I could you know, it was like that at the beginning because I was just a child, really. I was growing into my own. And then <laughs> I'm glad that. It didn't I don't I don't like looking back at that video I don't like looking (laughs) back at it because I can see where I'm going wrong now that I've developed myself but like I'm glad I did it but I'm not do you so do you watch back and I watched back like once and that was a few that was like the same year Mm -hmm. as that x factor was going on but and I don't I also don't watch the um the voice footage as well because I wasn't comfortable on who I was as a person and right. just um I was going through an identity crisis really mm. like you know because then I was understanding the language of the western way and this that that stereotype that you know all of these things that I am I battled with them you know being those labels mm. those obvious labels
0: so what was it like I mean they're pretty intense shows, and you're working with some massive artists. Will I am and mm-hmm. uh, Kylie, Danny Minogue, Ricky Martin, the Madden Brothers. Mm-hmm. What was that like? You, you, sounds like you didn't, you were kind of comfortable, mm-hmm. um, but can you talk us through maybe what you were experiencing at the time? It was just a lot
1: of self pity, like a lot of self. I just don't recommend anybody. To go on to those shows if you really don't know who you are as a person. Like, if you're talented, that's beautiful. But, like, if you really don't know who you are, then don't go on those shows. Because for me, I would just do the shows, go back to the room, eat, and then just be very, very cruel to myself sometimes. Most times, really, actually.
0: Mm.
1: And just say these really nasty things with thought.
0: hmm So you were critical of? Very critical and very
1: ashamed of who I was. Mm -hmm. It kind of felt that we were like a, ZK was a black act and we weren't really um, shown for what we were doing for our creativity. It was like, oh, here's an Aboriginal act. But I'm not sure That's how I felt It might not have been the case But that's how I felt And the whole um, beginning When we first got aired On national television There was a Kylie Minogue incident Where it looked on the footage That I snubbed her And that killed me like that really like we were in LA when they first aired it and then we were getting hate mail from all of her all the Kylie Minogue fans saying these crazy things and I felt so disgusted with what was happening and it just it was new to me and Crystal and we cried in LA and we were like why are they doing this why are they saying this because In the footage, when you look back at it, it really did look like I snubbed her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was a different angle. The cameras used a different angle. So I'm not quite sure what was happening. I don't know if the producers or whoever was doing that on purpose. But I do, I know that I hugged her because I'm not disrespectful to anybody like that. She's a queen in her right. And everybody else that was on the panel. So it was just that almost that 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 was our first um introduction to the to the nation and
0: was there any resolution did it, did she come out and and say something or did Kylie? you yeah was there no. A, no
1: well we were always cool every cuz like we don't really hang out with the other back then we didn't really well we had dinner with them a few times but like um we were cool like we were we were there was no nothing mm. everyone was just they were doing their jobs as mentors and mm. taking care of their flock <laughs>
0: yeah Yeah. Looking at it in that way, was there any way that it actually helped you grow as an artist? I mean, obviously it's a stepping stone and, you know, you can look back now and say, I I didn't feel like I was myself. But did it give you anything?
1: The the, the voice. The whole experience of that? Yeah, it did. Yeah, absolutely. Because I get to um, be creative and uh, have – it's just – it's mine. What we have is ours. Mm -hmm. So – I think now that going through that show, it was more karaoke for me now. Like being a singer and being an artist is a lot more than just what that was.
0: Can you tell me about the artistic partnership with Michael. How did you guys meet? So me and Michael
1: met through a beautiful mutual friend, Robin Habel, and she was one of my music teachers. She was teaching me how to write, how to write a chorus and verse and whatever. Yeah, she needed a singer to sing a few of her songs that she was working with her label with. And uh, she invited me to her studio and that's how I met Michael because he was producing her stuff and that was about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And Michael went, and on, went on and did his stuff and got creative and working with the um, band that he was working with, the Sisters of Invention, and uh, he went on to the X Factor as well. And then after The Voice, I called him up and I was like, can you produce some stuff for me? But then we were like, oh, let's get creative and create a new song. And then we created Don't You Worry. And it was just like, boom, let's just run with that. And ever since, we've just been writing, writing, creating, writing, writing. We've got almost about two albums worth of material now. And it's going to be amazing when we get to, like, release them all when they're ready. They're just in the womb at the moment.
0: So you guys have got a great chemistry. And you can see that on stage as well. You just Look like you have so much fun together. And there's a lot of love. Yeah. You can tell.
1: Absolutely. Michael is a very special human being and a very special energy. And I adore him and I have claimed him to be my Juja, meaning my big brother in my language. And I am his Marla, meaning his little brother. And I look up to him and he just he's We are in love, but in love as spirit brothers Mm -hmm. and this energy. Like, I just really, really adore him. And I adore the team as well that's developing equally. Like, our guitarist, I adore him now, Grayson Raduma, And Jamie Goldsmith, our Yidaki player, the didgeridoo player, he He's we I just love them so equally they've got their own stories and as we're going through this electric fields journey like we're giving each other a bit a piece of each other every time we uh get together at a, at a um conversational level it's a very it's very it's learning people it's a, a, the the happiness comes from that growing and accepting the negatives and the positives in a person.
0: I love the way you talk about it. You've, you've also said before that the universe is in control of the whole project. Absolutely. It's the universe. It's the ancestors.
1: It's, you can't see it. For us black followers, that's the thing that we need to tap back into is our spirituality. Because that's our way of living. I'm so happy to be black and to be of, of of this country and just to be, you know, connected when you're open because you can't, you know, you can do, yeah, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, but you've got to be open to it and you've got to lose yourself to find yourself kind of thing mm. and that's what's been happening.
0: Mm. You can see and you talk about that. It's it, When you get on stage, you're very still mm-hmm. and... It is like a meditation. It's it's kind of like you're just um opening yourself up, mm-hmm. like a channel, as you say. Mm-hmm. Has that always been a part of your creative process since you were little? Is that something that's always been there or have you developed that?
1: Oh, when I was a young when I was younger, one digit, it was easy because I think when you're a child, you're that's when you've just come from another world, you fresh out of the other world, if you know what I mean. You know, like that—that—that's that, mm-hmm. other place because you're you don't know what fear is. You don't know anything but just be. <laughs> and um, I think I'm going back to that. I'm always like that when I'm on stage. I go back to almost there—that that spirit place, that 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 realm Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's a it's a line yeah there's a there's there's two there's earth and then there's that other realm in one place I don't know it's just really hard to explain
0: what is that like in your body and and with your voice? (coughs) how does that affect your voice uh
1: honestly when I'm in the mode when I'm in the mood of giving what I have to give and take what I can take when I feed off of the audience and their energy um, I don't, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I just, I just lose, I just go through something weird. I don't know. It's just different colours you see and then just, my body just does the job. It does what it has to do and then boom, it's over.
0: hmm Now you and Michael often refer to yourselves as two feminine brothers. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that means? And uh, is that part of the reason that you came together so well? That just
1: came out of an interview to be honest two feminine brothers we were just you know because we are quite both feminine and um he's got his story on why that is I've got my story on why that is and then everybody else has their story on why that is but I also think that we're we've got a a masculine side as well we've got we've got working with The feminine energy and the masculine energy, and that's what happens on stage as well. Both of those come together, and actually, I, I, I can feel them working together, and I think that's um, what it's really, what it's about as well, because they need each other. Because the female energy has been murdered or dead for a very, very long time, and you can feel her coming back. It's like she's coming back and just being like, look. I'm here to work with you. We're not going to work against each other. She's not taking the throne. She wants to work with this masculine energy that has been in control for a very, very long time. Mm. So it should be interesting. I hope I'm here. I hope I'm still alive to see them work together, feel them work together.
0: Yeah, sense. absolutely too. You can you can sense that. Mm. And I love, you know, your show is so unique and and I really hope that everyone gets to see you because... It's so powerful and it's transformative and just captivating,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it's growing and
1: it's moving and it's 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 finding it. It's still we're still working because you know, the first time I got to spread my wings and just push my shoulders back was when we were in Qingdao in China. That was the first time I ever got to feel this energy just go sh come through. So China, China wow. helped me. Um, Cause I don't know. I think it was what was in that air, and then I was thinking, I was like, "What is this? It's not my energy." But then I was like, "There's a, there's a few other." It was felt like two ancestors, my ancestors yeah. from my country, and the ancestors from China, Qingdao, mm-hmm. were having a conversation and just went straight through me. And that's the that's the first thought I thought
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I was feeling my body take control by something else.
0: Mm-hmm. And it felt oh, nice. I can imagine. That's so special. Now, people like to label bands and, and put people in categories. Where would you guys say that you you sit? Um, You know, I don't think that you're... Yeah, you I know, don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't know, necessary yeah. really, is it?
1: I don't know what it is. I really would I wouldn't... I don't know. I don't have the answer for it. I know that we do electric soul and, you know, I just... Like I said, I liked all of that type of music on rage. I just love it all. It's an all genre, I think. I feel an all age thing. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Yeah. I'm still
0: trying to understand what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you said that you're not 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 a queer band or an indigenous band. Mm. It's not um you know how do you feel about the way that people are responding to your to your music? You know, I I just hope
1: that they are uh, when they listen to it, they listen to it for themselves, for something that they need at the time. It's about that know thyself thing. It's I think with our music, it really is about tr- truly tuning into yourself, letting go of those labels, and letting go, and just being yourself within yourself. Mm. Like just like that's 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 the one of the lessons that was very very hard being on this planet is to deal with these things that are around you and it affects you. Like this Instagram things, you gotta be this, you gotta look that way. You gotta you are looking out and not within. And that's what I have that's what I had a lot of problems with. And I think that's why our music is very successful because Michael's been through this. We've had conversation about, you know, just that whole bullying stuff and just really loving yourself and just really f- knowing who you are and what you can bring to uh the world Mm -hmm. and respecting those people your teachers in your life that have um maneuvered you in a in a way where you will enjoy your life a lot more Mm. it's about enjoying it and knowing who you are and balance live live a balanced life i think our music. That's what I want. That's what I hope. Because that's when I'm behind. It. When I'm in the studio, that's all I'm giving is balance and just true love for thyself.
0: With your on-stage persona, that's gone through a big transformation. Within electric fields, and obviously the the relationship with Michael, was there a turning point where you, where you was it China? Would you say was that the time when you kind of went, yeah, I feel I feel at home and and comfortable being completely myself. Like I said before, like I have an ID,
1: like I feel it, and it was yes, wow, but it's 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 still cooking that that stage presence thing is still moving and it's doing really crazy things and it's calling for other things to be with it it has spirit dances mm-hmm. what goes through me has more to it it has yeah i that's all that's all i can feel at the moment mm-hmm. cuz i feel like a bit of you know i'm a sense it. i feel it it feels like a clairvoyant type of thing. You become a vessel to other things. We'll see.
0: We can put it in an art,
1: art way, in a, in a cool way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, the song, let's move into your songwriting. The, the song Nina Simone, a beautiful um, song, has an interesting origin story and also a beautiful message. Can you share how you developed that song?
1: Okay. So it was a really cold rainy day <laughs> and I was um watching the what happened to Nina Simone interview and the opening of that whole documentary was an interview to be free, and I was watching it and it just it kept it, it I got emotional as soon as she spoke with that voice just the tone of her voice and what she was trying to explain, and then at the end of the interview, she, the realization of things and how it hit her to be free. What, what does freedom mean to you? And she was answering those questions. It was just, it just spoke to me, and I was like, kept rewinding it, and I was crying. I was rewinding, it, I was crying, because I, I don't know what was happening at the time with me mentally. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to listen to what is happening. I want to listen. Because that's when I started tapping into listening to the signs. Mm -hmm. And then I called Michael. I was like, Michael, can we do something with an interview? And he was like, cool. And then the next day we went into the studio, found these chords, and we already had a melody. (laughs) We had that already. And then we were like, well, let's put Nina Simone's name in it. And then That happened and we was playing with that and then we was watching the interview and then we just went for word for word for the um, from the interview and then one take we did, closed my eyes, shut the windows, it was just dark and then just felt like she was in the room and then recorded at that one take and went boom. That song came through. Nina Simone. Mm. It was it was a it was beautiful. It was a magical feeling being in that studio. It was one of the most spiritualist moments I've ever had in my life. Mm. Dealing with a um, power energy like that, mm. and having it in the room, and in my heart, I feel like I've we we collaborated with Nina Simone, and she gave us a gift.
0: You captured that essence of, mm. of her strength. Absolutely. Her, her struggle. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I'd love to talk about mm. singing in language. You speak Pitunjara. Correct. Yankunjara. Correct. And English as well. Well done. <laughs> and Pukupa, which is one of my favourite yeah. songs of yours. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? Be happy. <laughs> yes. Standing strong and being happy. And And... How does that feel to you to sing? Because at your shows as well, you get people to sing it back to you. Mm-hmm. It's like recapturing that. You yeah, know, the word has the, yes. the strength
1: and teaching as well. Like you know, these are our brothers and sisters as well from this country, Australia. You know, and when what I'm doing is only one of the one of the one of the languages in this country, mm-hmm. one of the oldest languages in this country, and to just showcase that and share that with our audience, it's it's like, you know, it's, it's beautiful and to see them smile and last night they were just, before the song even played, like people are understanding and pronouncing it right and they're, they're feeling very Bukuruba. <laughs> it's really nice. I'm, I'm so happy and my community is very happy with what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and just being true and being, and just enjoying it and giving it rhythm you know
0: yeah because you know words carry power and strength and you know some people say it, it heals the land you know when these words are spoken mm-hmm. so I can imagine that 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 they'd be very proud that that oh absolutely just... because ugh, it's
1: just very important I don't know like it just feels right mm-hmm. like you don't have to feel whatever important but you, you know what feels wrong and what feels right and
0: these languages across this country it just feels right now this year has been huge you mentioned before you guys have been getting back-to-back gigs Mm -hmm. and it's something that you're just adjusting to Mm -hmm. um how long have you been on the road and
1: this has been a solid almost 12 over 12 months just performing and with only one break I had I think it's what has to come out naturally, anyways, and that's what the universe wants us to do is just master the live stuff as well, but also continue creating. Um, it's a good, it's a cool balance, but for me, I'm a very sensitive spiritual being. I need to go back home, <laughs> 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 I love it, but man, it's tough to like work with it.
0: Yeah, look, you've, you've been on some big stages, you know, the NEMA Awards, mm-hmm. uh, WOME Adelaide, mm-hmm. big sound. Mm-hmm um, Oz Asia. Um, what's, where do you feel most at home? Is it, is it, I guess it's different in every setting, isn't it? In the studio, on the stage?
1: Oh, well, it's not even about that really. It's not about how big it is or whatever. It's about that whole giving. That's what music is about. It's giving whatever stage it is. It can be a big stage, small stage. It's just about Giving that person that is there because they matter. It's not about how big it is. It's about who's there.
0: Mm. So what's, what's stood out for you in any of those gigs? Is there any gig that you kind of... What, what will stand out more is when, like,
1: I feel like I'm growing or I'm up on another level
0: mm.
1: on teaching or performing. But when I know that I've given something, a gift to somebody in my audience... I know that my job is done. Mm-hmm. As soon as I make, as soon as I make a, a presence, electric fields make a presence, you know your job is done. Mm-hmm. That first line or chord, whatever, it just
0: feels right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's,
1: for me personally, it's not about how big or small the stage is. It's about what I'm giving and what I'm taking away from it as well.
0: Mm. And I imagine you see a lot of happy faces.
1: Oh, absolutely. Last night was ridiculous. As soon as the beat, Hit for Shade Away, the sand pit on the home ground stage and the home ground sand pit. Oh, I ha- that was my first time ever having goosebumps, how they all rushed in the sand pit and oh. just filled it up and then just rocked with us. Yeah.
0: Incredible. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> I wanted to cry. Oh, god. So what's in the cards next for you too? Electric Fields. So what, you know what? And What are we going to say here? I'm
1: like... New new music? Oh yeah, well well I can talk about that. Like where there's a creative stuff that's happening in the studio. Yes, we've got a heap of music. It's about finding that strategy mm-hmm. and hitting the um more of a bigger audience when it comes to that uh that businessy stuff. So I think well that's what we're focusing on at at the moment. Well what they're focusing on at the moment is to um have conversation with agencies and uh, I don't think labels yet. I don't really want to be signed. Mm. But publishers and those types of people. So we'll see what happens. Fabulous. It's going to be fabulous. But there's there's good stuff happening because you guys make it happy
0: and happening. (laughs) (laughs) You'll just show up and be fabulous. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to, to chat with you. It's a Long Story is recorded at the Sydney Opera House. This season features guests from Homeground Festival and it was hosted by me, Emily Nicholl. It's produced and edited by Susie Anderson. Our theme music is by Rishikesh Hiraway and our executive producer is Edwina Throsby. For more Sydney Opera House podcasts, visit sydneyoperahouse.com forward slash ideas or subscribe to It's a Long Story wherever you get your podcasts. and until next time.